0: Long Come Norwich podcast, an undeniably unappetizing and underwhelming undertaking as we undulate around the until recently unprecedented topic of four games unbeaten for the Canaries. This week, we've mostly got the old band back together. Punt and Lawney are around the mics again, alongside podcast debutant Jonathan Blathwaite. Late goals and picking up points and wins without the complete performance. So why all the negativity, John? Why is my... Why is my timeline full of people saying, yeah, but if we hadn't scored the late goals, then we wouldn't have had any points.
1: I mean, that's relatively ironic, mate, given that you are usually the, the really <laughs> negative one about these particular situations and <laughs> I think
2: your timeline is your timeline. Big.
1: Yeah. You, you know, you cultivate that timeline. So essentially, you know, you've, that's of your own doing. Um, I get your point though. I think there's been, I don't know, there hasn't, it hasn't been overly negative that, I thought it was worse for the Wickham game, and it's probably just because of where Wickham are in the table. Um, But actually, contextually, if you look at their performance, I watched their game against Watford um, the other night, and they were really, really good, and they probably deserved to win. And had it not been for a a really iffy refereeing decision from from one of Joe Jacobson's corners, actually, they they would have got all three points. And they were really good against Reading the game before us as well. So they've been... it's easy to say they're bottom of the league. They've lost six games or they've lost seven games after playing us. Actually, you know, we we should have absolutely steamrolled them, but they're not, you know, they're not getting the points that perhaps they deserve at the moment. Um, Brentford, we were all right in patches. I thought actually for 20, 30 minute spells, we, we looked okay. They looked slightly better going forward um, and, De Silva caused, caused, actually, he was the first player I thought had caused Max Aarons a few problems, which was interesting. Maybe that was just fatigue. Or, I don't know. Um, but, yeah, I, I don't know why there is the negativity because, actually, we're picking up points. 10 from 12 is brilliant. You know, if you'd have given me that before this set of four fixtures, then um, I'd have been well happy. Well, looking forward to
0: Saturday, Jonathan. Um, we are, you know, it's a, it's a classic sixth versus seventh you know, edge of the the playoffs battle against Bristol City. Um, What do you think is the most important thing we need to see? Either a a more complete performance or no defensive errors? What do you think is most important to kind of uh, put right from the last four admittedly great results?
3: Yeah, I think it's really tough to say. I think usually at the beginning of the season, I prioritise performance over points. You know, I want to see teams playing well, even if they're not quite getting the results they deserve. But this season I felt it's really important to come out and just get some points in the bag. But I think that's why the Huddersfield game was so important I think at the time but Norwich played okay and then they're a bit scrappy, but then they got got some points and then it's starting to turn that that losing mentality from last season. I think now we're at the point we need to start seeing those performances. I think we had we've had flashes, you know the Birmingham game Birmingham game was really hard to kind of analyze because it was. Birmingham just sat there to be 10 men behind a ball and they want Norwich to have all the ball and they want hits on the break. Where teams like Rotherham and Wickham have tried to push Norwich and that's been where Norwich found it toughest. You know, Brentford did a little bit of both. They kind of pushed at times and they sat back at times. So I think what we need to see against Bristol City is just Norwich playing with some confidence and not looking scared. When that goal went in by Wickham against Norwich, you could just see all the players collectively just... They just all kind of slipped back into that losing mentality of last season and they were just waiting for the other team to score. Against Brentford, when they got their goal suddenly Norwich for about 10, 15 minutes, they looked awful. And they were just letting Brentford walk all over them. So I think we need to see a bit more resilience from Norwich at the moment. And Bristol City will attack and they will, you know, they're fancier, they're they're a really good team, they're in a, you know, pretty good spell of form. They're gonna see Norwich as a target, and so they're gonna come for Norwich. I want to see Norwich be able to be a bit resolute and you don't worry every time that you know, the opposition is passing around the outside the box or they're not kind of putting a bit of pressure on, you know, especially Grant Hanley at the moment. I want to see a bit more from him, like just being a bit more kind of dominant. I think Gibson's looked fine. I think, you know, like John said in the in the Brentford game, Norwich, it's okay. You know, Brentford are a really good team. So I just want to see a bit more of that against Bristol City, just kind of slowly easing the curve of performance upwards, you know, even if it might mean another draw, or even you know, worse comes to worse, a loss. I don't think that the end of the world as long as we can see something. What Norwich are trying to do at the moment?
0: It seems to me like the team are starting to settle after the uh, transfer window. Bear in mind, we, we we will only be a full week of it being in the rearview mirror by the time we kick off on on Saturday. Um, so, so Lornier, with regards to the, the you know the couple that have gone and, and those that have stayed, um, who are you looking to to really kick on? Uh, now that we feel that we've got a settled squad for at least the next, you know, three and a bit months.
2: Well, I think Emmy and Todd are the two obvious ones there, and I think apart from maybe on Tuesday where Todd Campbell was a bit hit and miss, I think they both are starting to sort of find their groove a little bit. And I think that to go back to your sort of first question about negativity and the performances and stuff, I think we are improving. We came out of what was a very Disruptive end of season in terms of the performances, the results, and then the transfer window speculation. So to have, to be in the position we're in now, I think is testament to some really good coaching in terms of getting their mentality right. And I do think that expectations are maybe slightly elevated because people will look back on the last time we're in the championship as being a great fun ride where you know it it just felt brilliant. And obviously the performances so far. And the results so far haven't felt like I think I kind of remember the championship feeling in terms of being fun and enjoyable. They've been a grind, but I think the the championship is like that. So I think we are kicking on. I think Emmy and Todd are showing signs that they're really flickering into life, and when they play well, we'll win a lot more games than we lose.
0: Yeah. So so punt into Saturday. What do you think is going to happen with regards to uh, line up formation? Um, you know, it's uh, he changed the winning team. Um, does he change uh, an unbeaten team?
1: Um, I think you, you're definitely looking at changes in defence. I don't think that, well, maybe I'm wrong because he did really well, actually, and we haven't given him a shout out, but, um, you know, Jacob Sorensen was fantastic for a guy who allegedly had four minutes notice to come in and, and play at Brentford, you know, kind of who, who Jonathan was saying, you know, really, really good seasoned you know seasoned now championship side and actually he didn't look out of place in left back and then when he it switched second half and and he was part of a a kind of um three center backs I thought he looked even more comfortable he he really looks like defensively I mean that's only on the the basis of 90 minutes but he had quite a bit of composure about him he didn't look like anything phased him so I don't know maybe we will see him at left back it's it's really difficult um to know if if Kintia is is going to be fit, um, so yeah, I, it's a really interesting one because the the three behind, I presume he'll play Puki. Um, the three behind Puki were, you know, is it going to be Todd again? I mean, Todd was was pulled at halftime. I, I don't think Poeta came came on as a wing back. He didn't really bring, you know, he didn't really um pull up any trees. Um, he kind of looks like he's really really raw. And if we can't utilize his one major asset which is his pace then then I'm not sure he's going to be um great for us he's going to take he's going to take some time to find his feet in the championship so personally I'd like to see Marco Stephen back in the lineup because I think he's he's our most natural 10 and can probably link it a, a bit better than than anyone else in the squad short of possibly Kieran Dow but you know he's injured um I'd be playing Todd, I'd be playing Emmy. I think the one performance that where I've been really really comfortable this season um, in terms of what Norwich did was Birmingham and all right, it was a cranker side that that sat and let us have the ball for ridiculous periods of time, but Todd Cantwell played really really well that game. He was really on it and I think if we can just get the confidence into him if he can just start to to click, then Norwich might might really kind of click into gear as well. So, I wouldn't
2: be really surprised if he went three three at the back on Saturday
1: yeah well I think he might be forced to do that um which is, is ridiculous when you've got um two fit center backs that you you're then going to three center backs um but yeah that that will be more out out of necessity than choice won't it because it, it sounds like interior isn't going to be fit for for Saturday and it kind of comes into we've in the listener questions of you know several people have asked us what would you do. I don't know the answer to that at the moment and i think it's a conundrum that Farkas can have to work out because even if he does play three center backs i don't think Poeta is a naturally left-sided wing back either you know and I think so i don't it's know it's
2: interesting I, you but, mentioned Steperman though because I'd completely forgotten until you said his name but he obviously joined us as a left wing back well so. i don't think
1: he i don't think he joined us as a bit of a utility player to be honest with you and then he was just shoehorned in as a left back because we had well, either I can't remember if James' husband was injured or dreadful or a combination of both, but
2: I think his career up until that point had been left back or left midfield.
1: No, I think he played. Both...
2: Super surprised
3: when he moved into a ten. He would played across the midfield in Germany. He started out as a ten at Dortmund, and then he moved back more central. Then he got put on the left wing, and then he got shoved at left back at his club before Norwich due to an injury crisis that I can't remember who it was. It Bokken, I think. Yeah. He got shoved there as a le- an emergency left-back and then he came in at Norwich and husband was supposed to be number one and then he was James' husband. And then <laughs> then Stieperman was kind of shoved there and he wasn't great there, I'm going to say. He was all right, but he, when he played as a 10, he was like, oh, this is the player that Norwich, you know, that saw and they knew from his days as a German youth international. I think when I think about what Fark's going to do on Saturday, he's a bit of, I always think Fark's a bit of a safety first manager. And I don't think he's going to send me for any massive curveballs. Like, I'd love to see three at the back. I'd love to see Sorensen, kind of, with they were handling Gibson. And, you know, even Max Ahrens is the left wing back and, and Bally Mumba is the right wing back. But I think we're seeing back four. I think Ahrens will go to left back. I think Bally will come in at right back. And then Sorensen might get into midfield. There might be a little look see if Skip needs a break. You know, he's a young guy. He hasn't played many games before. He suddenly played a lot of games in a very short space of time. He had those two England games as well. So I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, Skip's given a bit of a break. I think he's been playing really well, but I think he did look fatigued against Brentford and he just didn't have that energy in some other games. You know, Farks never want to make big changes. You know, that's why Sonny Sorensen was at left back because he didn't want to shove two or three players around in different positions. And, I can see him going, you know, they haven't had a huge amount of time to prepare for this game on Saturday. You know, the training is, you know, really curtailed because of the way they've got to do Tuesday, Saturdays, Tuesday, Saturdays. So if, you know, Aarons' first game for Norwich was at left back, I think, wasn't it, in the cup game? So I wouldn't be surprised to see if suddenly Aarons was on the left and Bally was on the right. But you never know with Like, he's usually got a few things up his sleeve, but I don't expect major overhauls.
0: We, we we know that he's happy to throw youngsters in, um, and and he's he's happy to, to to kind of believe in people. I I, I do think that that this might be a, a game too far for us in terms of keeping that run going. Um, but based on, I mean, you look at the, the squad that they've got.
1: Um, you know they've, they've got a they've lot of injury been... problems. Though, if you if you talk about that, you've got Alf, Alfie Mawson's, Mawson's um injured, Stephen Sessignon's injured, both long term. I think Wyman's. Also injured long term. So I think we're possibly playing them at quite a nice time.
3: I think every club in the Championship now really start to feel this schedule. I think it's really punishing at the moment. Mm. I think that's what happened to Xavi, you know, like he picked up this knock and you're seeing it with a few players. Like just the energy levels from both teams on Tuesday, you could see at times, you know, heads were dropping. I think Tony went off with a knock, didn't he? And the few players are kind of huffing and puffing. And it's just, it's, you know, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday. It's it's a rough schedule. and. No, you're going to have to use the squad, and Fark hasn't always been a big squad guy. You know, he has his eleven, and he likes to keep it as solid as possible. So it's going to be a real test of his kind of mentality of changing winning teams, etc.
0: I mean, they've had a they've had a a day less prep than us as well. What what were them playing last night? Um, we were recording this on on Thursday, uh, it's interesting to see. You know, you've got you've got the likes of Chris Martin and, and Naki Wells and Chris Brunt all coming on as substitutes. Um, that, that was what I was talking about with regards to the squad. Yes, you, you're right. Saturday Tuesday is difficult, and um, and also they, they've got some injuries. But I mean, they, they are very very strong um, championship pedigree names to be to be pulling off the bench in, in to try and kind of rescue a point. Um, but and also the fact that they haven't won in four, uh, um, it just feels very much like we're we're they're going to be going all out to to, to try and, to try and arrest that that kind of recent slide after a really good start. So, um, yeah, it's it's going to be an interesting one. It's the first it's the first game I'm going into, um, for for a few games now, thinking that that it's the first time we might really start to see the Saturday Tuesday element kind of be a bit bit much for us, but. I still do think, similar to what to what Rivo was saying last week, I, I do think we are also, we, this team and the way they've been playing, not that much more is going to need to click uh, to, to give someone a, a four or five goal thrashing. Um, because even in the games where, yes, admittedly, the performances haven't been perfect in terms of cutting out really clear-cut chances, the Wickham game, we still had an enormous amount of possession and even the Brentford game. Sorry. Uh, yes, I did in the Brentford game. Um, we were uh, there were a number of opportunities that okay the pass wasn't 100% right and 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 it went just behind someone or we weren't in a position to quite carve it out but we were in and around the right spaces to create fantastic opportunities where you've seen goals come from kind of two passes away regularly in the last couple of years with the way that, that Farka plays with this team that that I I don't know I I I can't help but think that that we it, this might be one of those games where you worry a bit about how's he going to shift it, and how's he going to kind of cater for for a couple of force changes. Um, and actually, we're we're three in and up after half an hour, and 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 it's more of a comfy game. Um, so it's you know it's the championship, as you say, it's, it's very very hard to very very hard to call. Um, look, looking a bit further forward, um, after the, the start that we've had, uh, and after you know the particularly in the, the last kind of four games and, and the resilience that we've shown. Are any of you guys starting to revise in any way your your opinions of, of either high how high or how low you're, you've set your your sights what about you punt are you are you feeling more bullish about finishing eighth now than you were or, or do you think it might be even higher?
1: Um, I th- I predicted we'd finish fourth at the start of the season in our our written preview for the season. I,
0: I, I think we went we en- we settled for a eighth as a as a kind of
1: par, didn't we? On that first yeah. pod, and, and I think you know, it's incredibly difficult for any relegated team to to come down and and then you know go up top two. It just doesn't happen with any kind of regularity, and you know they don't usually get promoted either. Um, but. At the same time, I've looked at this league, and it, it looks to me like this is the most competitive championship that that is going to be for some time, or there's going to be for some time. It's just everyone's beating everyone, and I, I know that's a cliche in the championship anyway. But usually, there's a te- you know there's there's teams that kind of start to rise to the top, and um, it's still really early days. I I can't see Reading maintaining it. I think their their form will return to to perhaps what it has been in previous seasons, and you know, it's then it's for anyone. So it might not even be that you need to do the. You know, you need to to grind out these two points per game average. It might be slightly less than that 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 will get you, um, either you know to go up as champions or or automatic promotion. So, yeah, I, I am kind of kind of optimistic because we haven't clicked yet, and we've continued to pick up points. So when we do click, and I think we will, then sky's the limit. Really, it, it's just. For me, it's about we need to start scoring goals now. Um, The real positive of coming back to the championship actually is how relatively solid I think we've looked at the back. We haven't really conceded many goals through set pieces. The goals that we've conceded are still through individual errors. So if we can kind of sort that out, and all right, people will say that we've been trying to sort that out for two, three years, but that's the only thing that's keeping us from being a, a really, really good championship side that that could run away with the
0: league. That's an interesting point you make about scoring goals because it was actually a little quirk that I noticed when looking at the table to to see um how last night's game had, had affected things. Um and uh, goals is actually something where there doesn't actually seem to be that many of them about. It's Blackburn mm. are the only ones you could really describe as free scoring. Um you know even Reading they're six points clear at the top having won seven from eight and, and they've still only got fifteen goals. You know so they're not. It's not actually like they are. They're winning by by miles when when they are winning. They've, they've got a very good defensive record, which is which is what's what's doing it for them at the moment. But there aren't that many teams even in double figures. So you know we we are. Um, I don't think we're alone in in it. Maybe being a cagier Restart as in restart to this season maybe that's to do with the, the type the, the slight lack of intensity or a lower intensity because of the lack of fans which i, I certainly still see it it feels less pre season friendly like than some of the stuff we saw to play out the last season, and I don't just mean the norwich games I mean i mean we looked like we were pre 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 well pre pubescent let alone pre season um at the end of the last season, but I mean just all football generally was a bit stale at the end of last season whereas I still think there is a bit of that in what I'm seeing um, this season. It's still not quite got that full 90-minute bite that you'd expect from a, especially like a Tuesday night game under the lights. You, you expect far more rip-roar in action than I think we've seen. There's still periods of the game where it goes very, very quiet and and slow. Um, so I, I don't know. I, I, you are completely right, Punt. The, got, the Seeing seeing us start to get two, three um, regularly and, and seeing us opening up leads on, on teams... That that's what you really. That's the sign of a team that's going to be going to be staying the course. I'm not sure um, and, if it is.
2: and the reason I say that, and I can't remember where I read the tweet, and I can't remember exactly what the numbers were. But I think in our this, this in last we well, in the championship. <laughs> yeah, you can. You know, this is solid gold. <laughs> <laughs> but I think in our last championship season, we it's, it's something like we won 20, 23 games and seventeen of them were by a single goal margin. Like, I think the, the the idea that we're going to steamroller teams, I don't think that does really happen in the championship. You get two or three a season where you win really comfortably. And thinking back to that championship season, I think it was QPR at home, obviously Scum at home. Um, like We had a couple where we did win two, three, four. But I think more often than not, you do win by a single goal. And that's the sign of a, a team that's... Going to be there for the long haul is that they find a way to get a result, even when they're not playing as well as kind of you know they can.
0: Well, that's what that's what the last four games have been. I mean, they have been uh, you know late goals and and not complete performances, but but showing glimpses of of what of how unplayable we can be when when we're really really ticking. Now, I to, I don't I'm not 100 sure that Emmy is is completely fit. I, I He is not moving with the speed um that we are used to seeing him. You know, dribbling on the ball. Um, the speed that he shifts play, he's he's playing some nice little touches and nice passes as and when you know throughout the games, but just the pace with which he's doing everything to me seems to be a bit slower than a fully a fully fledged Emmy. So I think he he is still growing into the season, um, and and as you as you already said, punt Todd, Todd was a bit off it on on Tuesday. So um, I, I remain I remain very confident that we are going to be um roughly where we are now i think i think we will we, we will be within a win or so of the playoffs or within a couple of wins or so of automatic for most of the season because of the strength of our squad and because of the experience of the coaching staff at this level should be able to guide us through through, through this season through season well you know one thing if you if you did want to be a little bit negative um <clears throat> you could point out that the only team we have so far played um above us th- beat us um and and then anyone that we have played so far it is is below us, but you know it is still very early days, and there's a lot of flux in the table so 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 Jonathan, I think it's time to 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 put your first along come Norwich pod prediction out for everyone what What will the score be um at ashton gate on on saturday
3: Oh it's such a hard game to call i like, I think both Norwich and and Bristol are a bit binding their way bristol started you know had, had, had some good performances had some rope performances. I, I really, I, I do kind of agree with what you said about Norwich could start to really click and start to blow people away. Like, what, no one's taking more shots in the league than Norwich. No one's had higher possession in the league than Norwich. These aren't, you know, the greatest metrics in the world, but they, they mean something. You know, Norwich are getting up the pitch, they're getting the ball and they're kind of, they're making the shots. So if you do that, then, you you know, you start to win games and score goals. You know, you saw like Kenny McLean's shot against Brentford is awful but it went in because they take the shots so I think they could do something against Bristol and I you know I'm not usually a particularly optimistic person with predictions but I think I think Norwich could get a win here I think it'd be tight I think again it would be a one 0 a two one that kind of thing but I think you're looking at a one one two one I think either of those you know to Norwich win because I think Bristol flats flat to deceive the a the little bit at times I think so far this season I think they're, they've got a new manager. He's putting a new way in. So, and Bristol City are always a bit kind of flaky, aren't they? You know, everyone kind of goes, "Well, Bristol City—they're going to be there or thereabouts," and then they never really end up being there. So, they seem like
2: a really streaky team to me. Like they're either mm-hmm. on a twelve-game winning run or on a twelve-game losing run. There's no sort of up and down.
3: Yeah, no, I really agree with that. Like, and they're not a team up. I, I must say, I haven't paid a huge amount of attention to what's happened since um, the end of last season with Bristol. Kind of, they're always one of those teams. You go like, "Oh, is he there now?" You know, and I saw the head Vyman. and I was like, "Oh!" I, they, and Chris Martin, I did not know Chris Martin was there until like the other day. I was like, "Oh, yeah, that's where he's gone." So, and Naki Wells, they have got all these kind of classic Championship players who you know can do it on the Championship. But there's a reason why a lot of those guys have never made it to the Premier League because they're just always a little floating, a little bit under. But you know, they're 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 in the top ten in Bristol City because that's where they live and. So it will be a tough game, but I think Norwich have got enough. I think, I'm really hoping we see kind of a Norwich striker put in a really good performance. I think that's the thing we just haven't seen this season. Like, Pukki's putting a little bit here and there, Hugo's putting a little bit there, here and there, but we just haven't seen 90 minutes from a Norwich striker and you go like, yes, that's, that looks like a guy who's going to score, you know, even 15 goals in this league. So I think that's what we, if we get that, then... No one's going to be able to... Everyone's going to find it hard against Norwich. And I think that's what I'd like to see. And I'd like to see, you know, a couple of goals. And as you said, like I think Norwich's defence is all right. I don't think there's any huge problems there at the moment. I think everyone kind of went to the season going like, oh, our attack's great, but our defence is rubbish. I think what we've seen so far this season is an attack that's struggling to click. They're getting shots away, but they're not the greatest chances ever. But we looked pretty good at the back. Actually, like Ben Gibson, I think's been brilliant, and I hope that continues and I think Norwich can get a get a win on Saturday because just things seem to be basically Norwich's luck is untouchable at the moment they're throwing dice and they're getting six every time, and so if we can keep doing that, we'll just keep winning games, so I think that's just going to continue
0: punt what are you saying pin your neck pin your colours to the mast in terms of a score line
1: um well, I think. It's really interesting what Jonathan said about, you know, we need a striker to click and to kind of get into a run of form. And I think that comes back to something that I was I was trying to say and probably not, you know, saying it very well earlier is I'd really like Stephenman like to start. And I'd really like Marco Stiefenman to start playing games purely because I think him and Pookie that they're just so intrinsically linked to be able to play well together. And I think... If Stieperman goes in behind Puki with regularity, I think we'll start to see somewhere near the team of Puki of 18-19 and we'll start to see goals from team of Puki, which is really what we need to kick on now. So if we do that, um, if we maybe try and shoehorn Mario Rancic into a a two in front of the defence, which I know isn't a particularly popular option with a lot of fans, but I think might have some merit, um, I think we can go there and win. I'll I'll go for a 2-1 Norwich win.
0: Okay, and you, Lornos.
2: I think it's difficult to move away from what Jonathan said about 1-1 or 2-1. The thing that makes me kind of optimistic about Saturday is the fact that they have got a lot of injuries. They played 24 hours later than us. And our recent run of late goals, I think, is due in part to the fact that it is such a punishing schedule. And the way that we play tires teams out. So the last 10 minutes, there's that little switch off in concentration, those little tired minds and tired legs. And that's where we've been punishing teams recently. So... The fact that Bristol City have a smaller squad that's injury depleted, and have played more recently than we have, says to me that we're going to score late again on Saturday, and I wouldn't be surprised to win two one.
0: Cool. Well, that's that's three of you all going two one. Although Jonathan Hedges and said sort of one nil, I think in there as well. Um, I'm, I'm going four um, nil because <laughs> you know a, a, a stopped clock is right once a season, so I'll keep I'll keep on going for it. Um, I'm, I'm I'm worried about this weekend in terms of the the potential of uh, of slipping up, as I've said. But uh, I'd rather just keep being positive. So let, let's go for a four nil win because eventually we, I think we, we are going to put someone away.
1: We've had quite a lot of silly questions and a few serious ones, so I'll try and pick a couple of serious ones and a silly one as well, and we'll see where we land. So Leo Ringer. Asks, do you think Farker has ever known what his best starting eleven is, and does he know now? And he also goes on to say, this isn't intended as Farker bashing. It's just not clear to him that he's confident in who that eleven are. I I think that's a bit harsh. I think in the championship winning season, it was really clear, um, certainly who his best thirteen were. You know, and and that kind of interchanged a little bit, but you know, he was pretty confident of an eleven that he was going to put out week on week. Um, Jonathan, what do you reckon?
3: Yeah, I think. I actually think Vark is very big on having a first eleven, a strong eleven. And I think we could probably name that if we're out injuries, then you've probably got what cruel, Kintia, Gibson, Zimmerman, Ahrens, Rupp, Skip, uh then Cantwell, Dow, Emmy, Pookie. That's his probably his strongest team. Mm-hmm. He hasn't had a chance to put it out yet. That's probably upsetting him, but you know, his life as a Norwich manager has been a life of injuries. Like he's all you know, in every season we've had lots of injuries. I think maybe it's due to the fact we get players cheap because they're injury prone and maybe it's the fact that they like to train players really, really hard. But I think if Fark could, he'd put out the same 11 players every week for every game. He's, he, you know, I think people think like, oh, he's from Germany, let Germany love a bit of rotation. Fark doesn't like rotation. He really likes to stick to a solid 11. And, you know, he sticks by this. If they win, they stay in. We saw Vrancic come in, but I think that was you know, the pressure, he kept getting those goals and that they wanted to kind of, um, you know, try and rotate a little bit, but, you know, he doesn't like rotation. And scarily, actually, when on the Brentford game, I looked at the Norwich bench and he thought, there's not many players on that bench who are actually kind of game changers. You know, now you've got Vranches in the starting 11. You go, well, who, you know, without Ida, cause he's because he's suspended, without, um, you know, the the injured players looked at that, you know, Placetta came on um, and I think I'm a bit like Jonathan, he's quick but his first touch seems you know, a bit off so I think Fark's got his 11 he, he knows who he wants and it's up to those other guys to push into it and I think hopefully we see, we'll see we see some do that, I, I'm you know, we will throw a youngster in when someone's not performing but he does give players time to kind of prove their doubt was wrong you know, Kenny McLean was given a lot of time and you know, Rips come in and displaced him. But I think right now, Fark's got his 11 and that's what we'll see when everyone's fit.
0: I think Pochetta got good at running so fast, running after his first touch. I think, I think that's, that's why yeah, he learned to run I, so quick.
3: I don't disagree with that. I think he had one against Brentford, it came off him and it was off the edge of the pitch before he'd even got started. And I was a bit like, I really hope this isn't just a guy who gets his head down and runs into a corner because we've had a few wingers like that. I think, I think that there's is something this guy. there for but I wanna see a bit more from him.
0: Yeah, no, I, I, he's got he's got a bit of the blind that the wheelchip blind alley about him. Um I didn't want to bring up that name, but there yeah. were
3: points at Brentford I was like, is this Yannick Wiltshire Mark Two?
0: He's faster and uh, and and I think he's probably a bit classier in terms of the touches that do stay within a mile of him. Um but uh, he, look he he's a classic uh, low risk, high reward player. If he works, you know, if he works out and plays a bit part role in a season that ends, you know, with playoff or or automatic glory, it's it's you know, it's a, it's a genius genius addition. And and that pace, if you know, and they might be able to coach him up. Um, you know, that pace, if you can harness it, I mean, wow, what what a game changer off the bench he would be, especially with the aforementioned um, poorly tired legs that that, that Lorne likes to think about. You know that that they really. They really don't want to be facing someone with that kind of pace. However, if you are able to just show him outside and know that actually you're going to get a, a, a kind of volleyed cross at the end of every every run, um, then then you're not going to be too worried. But yeah, he, he's one that you would, he would become a fan's favorite very quickly if he could start to have some end product because, you know, who doesn't love a winger? We've had some some classics down the years at, at Curra
1: Road. Well, I think the plan was probably that they were going to work on him and they were going to work on, you know, his technical ability with the ball but he's just kind of been forced into action probably as more of a frontline option because of Onel Hernandez's injury, you'd have, you'd have looked at it at the start of the season and said, your frontline options were more than likely Hernandez, Dow slash Steeperman, and then Emmy slash Todd and and Poeta wouldn't have really been anywhere near it as a starter. And, you know, he'd have, you know, they'd have been working on him at at the field, you know, kind of on the training pitch and and trying to get him somewhere near um, the player that we need him to be in the championship. So, it's it's going to be interesting for him um, because he's going to have to develop in games rather than you know kind of them working on him in the training pitch. But when's um, when's O'Neill back? I think it's January time. I'm sure it's twelve Ugh, weeks. So it's all, everyone seems to be back in January. And the thing is, with Norwich and injuries, it's not going to be January, is it? It's you know, it'll, it's certainly that's before the first injury. There's, a, there's usually a setback, isn't yeah, there? Yeah, there'll that's be some kind three of three weeks that's... before you expect him back. There'll be a I setback. Mean, what, what, we don't really even know do, do we know what's wrong with Christoph Zimmerman at the moment and if he's going to be no, able
3: to it's very worrying they were like oh, a couple of days a couple of days Now they're like we don't have a date yeah. that really scares me when you hear the players they go we don't have a date might 100%. be surgery
0: needed it's, yeah.
3: it's classic kind of irony in some ways that you know that what was basically the day after the transfer window closed and they said we don't need another centre back you know we've got these three guys and suddenly like oh no one's of them gone and it was just like we knew this was going to happen. Lewis.
0: Yeah, it was so obvious and so many people pointed it out that, that, he, that three of which, two of which you know, is uh, are very, one is completely unproven at the club and hasn't played for ages and two of them are very injury prone. Yeah.
3: Zimmerman in his first season, I think he missed like one game for Norwich and then it was like, oh, he seems all right. And then something seems to have happened last season where something's got tweaked or he's pushed too hard. But he's he's a lot bigger now than when he arrived. I wonder if he's done that classic thing with players coming in over training and now he's kind of broken a bit I really hope he can get back to where he was because he could be a great defender but I do worry that he's bulked up a bit too much or just something's gone wrong with the training with him. because mm. it's really worrying this oh we don't know I'm not going to put a date on it it's just oh, it, it, there's a fear that that, that that's going to rumble on till January and then he's going to suddenly you know, like last season, he was injured. He needed a break, but they couldn't give him a break because they need to push him back into the team. And he came back against West Ham and you can see he wasn't fit. And then, oh, look, he's injured. And it's, yeah, it's kind of by not having the cover, you then risk worsening the injuries to the players you've got. But, you know, I'm sure we're looking forward to Teddy at centre-back again.
0: Yeah, it follows a, similar, follows a similar pattern, doesn't it? It's, uh, uh, have we got enough? Oh, yeah, definitely got enough. Oh, we're overstocked if everything. Oh, that one's gone. Ah, that one's gone as well. Oh, Teddy. that seems to be the beginning of the season we had three left
3: backs and Sam Byron who could be a left back if he was fit and now we've got no left backs because Zabby's injured and it's just you do wonder you know I think Webber's brilliant at what he does but you do look sometimes at the squad and you go like I get what you're doing in this place but I don't get what you're doing here like Sam McCallum going out on loan I understand they want him to play like 30 games a season I think that's really important for his development but you do have to go like actually he might have to Put a little pause in development while Norwich just try and get out of this league. Mm. Or try he, and might, he might have
1: got twenty games this season in the Championship with us, by the looks of it. So yeah,
3: like he'd yeah. definitely be playing, mm. you know, on Saturday if he was still here. And yeah, you know, he's going to play more at Coventry and he's comfortable there. But you know, they've got that no, they bought another left back in. you know they've got another left back at their squad. They signed before Sam, so there's even a chance that Sam gets knocked out of the squad there. Yeah, they can recall him in January. But it is really that one. Confuse me. I know Fark kind of looks at his full backs and he looks at right backs and left backs and thinks they're basically the same thing. You know, Max Ahrens, he played him on the left. Sam Byron, he'd always played on the right and suddenly he was on the left. I think Fark doesn't care about that. Are they right-footed? Are they left-footed? You know, Sorensen's a right foot player. He'd chuck on the left. I don't think Fark minds that. And I kind of understand that, you know, as long as they know where to stand.
0: Well, McCallum's been playing right wing-back the last two games for Coventry. As he so yeah exactly yeah. they're kind of now shoehorning
3: him into their team and that's you know it's just yeah it's it's a confusing one but um, hopefully Ballymumba's good he looked really good pre season so hopefully he can come in if he's the guy who's going to come in and you know he's basically he could be Mark, Max Andrews Mark two which would be amazing but it would also be a one in a million in some ways.
1: Let's have another question anyway. So we've got George RDB on Instagram and he's asked a question that was. Probably on everyone's lips before um before the last game, which was start or bench Mario. Lawney as one of his biggest cheerleaders, what would you do now?
2: I would leave him on the bench because I don't think that uh Vrancic offers enough defensively if what he's playing is in a two with Rup. Uh so I, I would say it's out of Rup or Vrancic. And I don't think you can drop Rup at the moment. And Vrancic's impact off the bench is has been really good. So if it's not broken, don't fix it.
1: Piggy, what are you saying?
0: Yeah, I don't think he did enough to to, to start um, another game. Uh, and Rip was uh, Rip was was the best. I think he's been in the last game um, by by some distance. I I wasn't as impressed um, when other people decided that he turned the corner. I, I thought the jury was still a little bit more out. But but Tuesday, I, I thought he really did break up play well and 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 there was still the customary um uh, waste of time shot that it seems to be a contractual thing once a game he has to kick it either straight at the keeper or straight at the back of a defender um but but a site I mean obviously mclean does that and it goes in but um yeah i i don't know i i don't think you can i don't think you can drop Rip. um I'm, i've seen some people getting on Skippy's back um and i'm not i'm not I'm I'm not as uh, critical of him as as some others seem to have been. I I didn't see a great deal wrong, um. So I, I don't th- I don't I don't think going back to what Lawney said about it, certain things not being broken. I think those two currently deserve to be, you know, the two in front of a four because we're unbeaten in, in four and and that is a that's a back six. You know, it's credit to the back six. That's not just the defender and obviously you know Tim Krul takes huge credit for that as well. Um. So no, I I think it would be Mario on the bench. Um, and, and we keep trying some different options with that three behind the one, or, or again, uh, you know, I really liked the combination of Hugel and Um, and um I, I understand with with Ida doing the suspension why he wouldn't necessarily want to have both strikers on the pitch at once, um, so that you have got the option to change it. Um, I think Hugel is adding another dimension to the, the squad, and I think it was a fantastic signing, and um, and I, I I like the fact that we do have. A diff- Finally, we have something different to make to give give uh, give teams something to defend against, and we can change things halfway through, which Vark has done effectively well so far this season. He's used his bench probably more and more effectively in the last few games than he has done in the last three odd
1: years. It's interesting that you say that. I mean, you, you boys, um, Larny, I, I had you down for for starting Mario kind of every day of the week. I personally, I'd be tempted to try and shoehorn him into the two. Uh, I get the point that you're making. Tom, about Skip and the fact that he's he's come under some potentially unnecessary criticism because I think he's done really well. For the, la- the the first two or three games, I was really impressed with Skip because he seemed to want to move the ball quicker and move the ball forwards quicker than perhaps our previous um, options in defensive midfield. He's kind of stopped doing that. I think the last two or three games, he's looked a little bit like all of the games have caught up with him, which I think is something that, that Jonathan was saying earlier. I'd be tempted to drop him out and give him a game or two just to, to kind of get his fitness back or, you know, just to recoup a little bit. And also Vrancic just looks so much more effective when he's he's playing deeper and he's able to to kind of take on the 25, 30, 40-yard balls, um, you know, for someone like Puki or for, you know, an Emmy or a Poeta or someone to run onto rather than, I don't think he works as a 10 particularly well. And when we, you know, he played as a 10 um, the other night and, it, it just, I don't know. He hasn't got the, I don't think he's got the guile or the agility to, to play in a 10, and I'd really, I think he's way more effective as a deeper option. So,
2: if it wasn't Bristol City away and it was Rotherham at home, then I think, yeah, you possibly would go Franchich rather than skip because you don't need as much protection.
1: But I think the, the point that I, I probably haven't made so far is that actually, yeah, I get the point about protection. I absolutely get that, and when we're without the ball, then then that's really important. But Norwich are looking to dominate the ball, and there's no one better in our side and in the in Norwich's squad at protecting the ball and making sure that passes are accurate than Mario Vranic. I think we didn't use him enough last season when we needed to get on the ball and we needed to keep the ball a bit to take the pressure off team. So it's not just about what he does defensively. And I think he's underrated defensively, if I'm honest. Yeah, he was really poor at that when he first came into the squad, but he's progressively got better and more physical. Um, but now I, I think we need to protect the ball when we have it. And actually, franchich is fantastic at that. You know, he's, he's definitely our most accurate passer in the squad. And I think that's, a
2: a, that's another reason, though, to have him on in that sort of last 15 minutes with my... Uh, famous tired legs. Like he there's no one better in our squad to pick that pass at the right moment. So that's why I'd have him on fresh
1: toward the end. Fair enough. Fair enough. Jonathan, what do you reckon?
3: I really like Vranchich. Like I think it's hard to like football and not like a player like Mario Vranchich. I think his best position is a position that Norwich don't play in the current formation, which is that more deep line playmaker, you know, like people call it the Pirlo position, I call it the the Fox position after David Fox. And you kind of have him just sitting there. He can kind of shuttle side to side. He can pick those passes. What he's really good at and what a lot of Norwich players aren't fantastic at is he's very good at the forward pass. He always looks forward. He's trying to pick out runners. I think some Norwich players, with their possession, which, you know, it's not the wrong thing, but they do go sideways. They kind of want to move it short and quick. Whereas Vrancic is prepared to kind of take a bit more time, take an extra touch and hit it longer. And I think sometimes you need that mixture. I think since Leitner's disappearance, Franciic is the guy who's really good at breaking presses and breaking lines. And I don't think there's anyone else in the squad with that passing range. I think Roop is okay, but maybe he's not quite as adventurous. Skip, he's a good forward passer. He's a better forward passer than I thought, but he wants to run with the ball more than he wants to pass it, which, again, is really important. Like Norwich don't have many runners from their midfield. So it's a really interesting mix of players. But the one thing I do think, and I agree with John on this, is that I do not think Mario Rancho is a number 10. And when Fark came out and said, like, oh, I think he's a number 10, I was really surprised. I was like, I don't think he's ever put in a great, you know, 45 minutes for Norwich as a number 10. I think he's putting odd moments here and there, but for a 10, like, I think he's a little slow in the, mar- in, not in the in action, but in the mind almost, that he wants, to take like, that extra touch. He wants to kind of be a bit more, you know, uh, luxurious with his time. And then someone jumps on him because he's used to maybe having playing in leagues where he's got a bit more time on the ball. I think as he's got older, you kind of want to move him back down the pitch because he's maybe he's not running around as fast anymore. He's not quite got the energy or the athleticism of some of the other Norwich players. But I'd have him on the bench. I think he's a great bench option. You know, he's one of those guys, like I was saying, Brentley, we didn't have those game changers on the bench. He's a game changer. He can come on and like, this is something new the options to deal with. So I would bench him. But it's really harsh because I think he's a really talented player. He's a really nice player to watch. And I, and I know Norwich fans really like him. So you want to see him play as much as possible, but maybe it doesn't really suit the team. But at the moment, who is that number 10? Like, I'm not a massive Steeperman fan. I think he had a great moment, but I don't think we've seen much from him from, you know, almost a year now. He does have a good kind of understanding of Puki, but it's really hard to know who plays in that 10 while Kieran Dale's injured. And, you know, while Hernandez is injured as well, cause you, haven't really got the players in the wing to push in the middle now, so it, it, it's a real mix. So if he's st- if he's there, I'm not I'm not upset, but I'd like to see him on the bench and then to come on to punish teams late on, just score free kicks. You know, just bring him on, score a couple of free kicks, get him off.
1: All right, we'll have one more. So this is a Halloween themed question, and Phil the Dice Mechanic or at the Dice Mechanic on Twitter asks, "What's scarier, Hanley and Gibson screaming in your face, the mayor blasting the ball at your nuts?" Or watching Todd or Emmy do fancy flicks near our own penalty box, Tom. Hanley and Gibson. I
0: I don't want to take on those two uh, or have them tell me off. I I think I would uh, run away and, and cry. Um, um, I've met met Mr. Hanley, not not had the pleasure of meeting uh, Mr. Gibson. Hanley is a big lad with a yeah. big head, um, and uh, <laughs> I wouldn't want to get on the wrong side of him. Jonathan, what do you reckon?
3: Yeah, I have to agree with Hanley and Gibson. Like. I, I, you know, there's something about a nice kind of British centre back partnership. Just to sh- just going around shouting at people, <laughs> and I think we have missed that Norwich mm. for a while. And to have those two, you know, just yeah, just pointing and shouting at people has been really nice to see. And Gibson's so proactive at going for the ball and going at um, and have you know he was shouting so much at players against Brentford. It's really nice to see. But so but I wouldn't want them shouting at me. I think. Taking a claim, taking a shot, he's going to miss, isn't he? So there's no fear there.
0: It depends yeah. what he's aiming at. If he's aiming at someone else, he might hit you. But no, I, I, th- I think, I think that what that's great with with Gibson is, is he's so early in his Norwich career. But if if you were to, if you were to come completely cold and watch the performances where he's he's been playing in an orange shirt so far this season. And you basically had no prior knowledge of how many appearances anyone's made. You, He, he plays like a talisman who has been here and has had the crowd singing his name for, for 10 years. Like the, the the commitment and the all action, you know, he, he is like an early nineties, late eighties style. Although with, with the, with the, he's got a lot of quality. I mean, he can take the ball out of the air really nicely. He, he did that a couple of times on Tuesday. Um, but yeah, I, I'm, I'm a huge fan of his Huge fan of his. He he's he seemed like a ideal, almost too good to be true signing that we've been crying out for a centre back for a while. And so far, you have you have to say, other than a couple of slight mental errors from which you put down to playing for Norwich, because you seem to have to do that if you play for Norwich in defence. Um, he, he looks at an absolutely outstanding signing.
3: I think he's come in and just shown he's one of the best defenders in the championship. Like I think Norwich have just suddenly landed, you know, one of the certainly top five defenders of the championship on loan. It's just incredible what you know they managed to do with that, and in the fact they did it because they moved early and they they did it before they Godfrey went, and so yeah, that that was a masterstroke for transfer, and I think it was always yeah, there was this question about like oh well, he hasn't played for two years, be like he's Ben Gibson, he'd be fine, and I think he's showing that.
0: It's time for the Long Come Norwich quiz. Um, It's very, very simple. Uh, Lorney, in case you've forgotten, you've got a minute to answer six questions. Um, in honour of uh, Lorney being back uh, on the pod for the first time in a while, we have got uh, two uh, ground questions because that is obviously Lorney's specialist subject. He likes to tell everyone, and obviously he'll immediately start going, "Oh no, well it has to be a particular county of the UK uh, in a particular time period." But um, that is that's what the that's what everyone's going to have in their questions today. So, Jonathan, as our debutante, you will go first. Um, punt you will do the time because you're very kind like that i
2: trust you to be fair
0: okay well that's misplaced um (laughs) your time jonathan starts now which team is known as the cod army oh uh fleetwood correct which goalkeeper has kept the most clean sheets in premier league history Peter Check? Correct. Who is the only team to never draw a single away game? Let me rephrase that. Who is the only team to not draw a single away game in the uh, Premier League in a season? Pass. Uh, who plays at Brunton Park? Grimsby. Incorrect. Where do Grimsby play their home games?
3: <laughs>
0: uh... Brunton Park, isn't it? <laughs> I don't uh, know. Uh, whose shirt sponsors went from Packard Bell to Strongbow at the turn of the century? Tottenham. Incorrect. Who is the only team to not draw a single away game uh, in the Premier League in one season? Uh, Everton. Incorrect. Who plays at Brunton Park? No, nah, I don't know. Um, Pass.
3: It's a Northeastern team. I really don't know. Uh,
0: where did Grimsby play so their home games? Oh, right,
3: oh,
2: it was. It was. That's unlucky. That so Grimsby play at
0: Blundell Park. <sighs> yes. Um that that was deliberate. I I, I really hoped yeah. I really hoped that you were gonna say Grimsby so I could follow up with where do Grimsby play their home games. <laughs> um and it worked. Yeah, so uh, Brunton Carlisle. Yeah, Brunton is Carlisle, Blundell is 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 Grimsby. Um anyone know anyone know the shirt sponsors? I would have gone leads it is Leeds Um, and the only team to have ever gone a whole season without drawing an away game was Tottenham and they did that in eighteen nineteen when we won the league. beneath of course Um, okay so that was a very strong two Um, the way you raced out there I thought it was going to be going to be a lot higher yeah I Um, didn't make a comment at the beginning
3: but no it went wrong
0: uh, Lorny you've got two to try and draw with or three to take the lead and your time begins now which team are known as the railway men Crew, Alexander. Correct. Which British team has won the European Cup more times than its own domestic top league? Um, Nottingham Forest. Correct. Who plays at the Kirklees Stadium? Oh, now gone past. Uh, which team has spent the most seasons in Serie A? Uh, AC Milan. Incorrect. Where do Exeter play their home games? St James's Park. Correct. Which team was sponsored by TY, the owners of the Beanie Babies franchise? Oh, um Everton. No. Oh, no. Uh, who Pass. plays at the Kirkley Stadium? Uh Kirkley's. is a recent sponsor of some one Okay, which team has spent the most season in Syria? Uh Bollum. which team is sponsored? Incorrect. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> who plays at the Kirkley Stadium? Um Huddersfield. Yes. Uh, which team has spent the most seasons in Syria? Uh Milan. Yes, um, which team? Oh, you were so close to six, so it's close. Portsmouth. It's oh, of
2: course it is.
0: It? Yeah, it was the way you were so excited to get to it <laughs> to then give the wrong <laughs> answer. <laughs>
2: in my mind, I could see Ricardo Gardner. Okay, in a shirt. So. Well done. Okay.
0: Yeah, uh, five out of six is an absolutely storming storming display. Yes. Um, well done. Um, I, I, yeah, oh, I couldn't accept- get. Did he get five? He got five, yeah. He got oh, crew, Nottingham Forest, Huddersfield, into St James's Park, and well he just played warning.
1: Well that's a that's a winner, mate. I'm nowhere near five. five.
2: Uh, it did have two football ground questions in it, so
1: Yeah, fair. Yeah, Fine, I said morning
0: special. Um, I was so, a pun, more with your...
2: Jonathan before we started.
0: You can time yourself, John, so that it's the uh, you know, the same sloping pitch for everyone. Yeah, so, all right. Your time punt, five to draw starts now. Which team is known as the Valiants?
1: Uh oh, bloody hell. Pass
0: uh, name the only ever English winner of the European Golden Boot Gary Lineker Incorrect Who plays at the Memorial Stadium? No idea uh, What was so significant about Mario Balotelli's only assist for Man City in the Premier League?
1: Um, pass
0: uh, I think you might win this, Lorny yeah. uh, Where did Morecambe play their home games?
1: Sorry, who? Morecambe? Oh, yeah fuck knows, mate okay. Come on
0: uh, which which team sponsors went from Peugeot to Subaru in the nineties?
1: Um, no, I'm going to get naughty, mate. Go on. Uh, the Plus. Valiants. Who uh, is? Who, oh, teams Port
0: Vale. The yes, well done. Uh, the only English winner of the European Golden Boot.
1: Uh, Kevin Keegan.
0: Oh, close. No. Uh, who plays at the Memorial Stadium? Uh, no idea. Okay. Uh, what was significant about Mario Balotelli's only assist for Man City in the Premier
1: League? Um, he immediately got sent off. No. Okay. So it's a, it's a one. So um,
2: I don't know Morecambe, but Memorial is Bristol Rovers. Correct. And Mario Balotelli's only assist. I read this just the other day. It was the Aguero title. goal.
1: Oh, nice. QPR. Yeah. Uh,
0: the Kevin was right, and I thought you were going to get it right. Sunderland? Mm. Phillips. Correct.
1: Mm-hmm. Cool um, <laughs> of course. <laughs> Yeah,
0: and so Morecambe, do you know Morecambe, Jonathan? Is it the Mazuma? It's the Globe Arena, oh, apparently. Of course. I um,
2: think it, now Jonathan said Mazuma, I think it was that until recently. It's one of those ones that has changed sponsorship a few times.
0: And then uh, I, I put, I thought this was really safe ground for you, Punt, uh, Premier League in the 90s, uh, Peugeot to Subaru. Well, I've several got other years t- I got show. everyone
1: else's sponsors, just not my own. Who oh, are they?
0: Okay. Yeah, because that's not actually how it works. Yes, Coventry no, is Coventry. correct. Uh, yeah, Coventry yeah. is correct. So, Lawney I mean, talk about well walking away with it. Um, two out of six is very, very strong, Jonathan, for for a debut. But yeah, five out <laughs> of six that. on on his return, um, he he was in safe hands with with the with football league grounds, and and, and he, he played to type. Um, thank you very much for joining us, Jonathan. Thank you for all of your predictions earlier in 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 the, in the pod. Hopefully, we will all be right and we will come come romping away with three points. Look forward to having you back soon, everyone. Enjoy the game. Mind how you go.